stuff, even as I'm, I'm, I'm just interpreting what's happening here this morning. And, and that's serious for Vicky, that situation there. And we value these stories that, um, that people give us and because it shares the reality uh, of, of their precious life. Um, yeah, it says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Um, so the Bible says here, now choose, choose life, so that you and your children, your friends, your neighbors, your community, your city may have life. Uh, and we're about life. Church is about life. And this is very serious. Although we come and worship God and we say thank you for our salvation, but ultimately we're trying to establish some demarcation lines, if you will. This is, this is life. That's death. And church is a very serious place where we draw attention to people's thoughts and hearts and lives and minds to the fact, do you want life or do you want mediocre life? Or do you, in fact, do you want to suffer maybe the peril of destruction, curses, sickness, poverty, and so forth? So we really are trying to establish those, I guess, boundaries. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like the plumb line. They don't use it in building now, but there's a plumb line. It's a very heavy piece of metal with a point, and they and built the you know, pyramids out of these things, a string with a pointy piece of metal, and you would find the absolute, help me, is it the perpendicular? It's the absolute straight, and they say the Word of God is, is like that, the Word of God, Zerubbabel, the plumb line. Do you remember that scripture in Zerubbabel, the plumb line? You drop this Word, and you can actually see if the building's crooked, your life, because our Life is like a building, a house. Or you can, you can actually see, if we we're able to drop this down, this word beside a life, a people, a city, a town, we would actually be able to see how, how righteous, how good, how solid it is in God. So, Father, we say we're amazed that you've given us salvation when we see the world perishing. You've given us salvation as a gift. And we honor that salvation, the price that was paid. And so, Jesus, right now we're asking that you would again enlighten us to the fact of what we have and what we need to give away. And the saints say, and the saints say. I want to give him a hand this morning. Come on. Yeah. That's it. God bless you. You can take a seat. Thank you. Thank you for your believing in the church. And so I'm supposed to be talking about rise and build, but with the huge news, I say huge. Say huge. Say huge. That's how Luke would say it. Huge. Especially after seeing Transformers yesterday. Huge. After the huge news that I woke up to, help me again, is it Thursday morning or Friday? Friday. Friday morning I woke up and I don't ordinarily watch TV at all, but I just happened to turn, I did that with the towers too, just got home one night, turned off. Uh, and the Lord sometimes allows you to see stuff and, uh, and you can see this unfolding now that this man that we've grown up with, well, I've grown up with, 
when I first heard, heard him sing that song, Ben, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 1969, we first heard that song in my friend's at home where his sisters were older than us. I was about 12 in 69, so his sisters were 14. They had the album, the first album of, of MJ, uh, and he sang that song. We went, wow, that is so emotive. That's, that's a killer. That's a killer. And so we began to realize the phenomena of uh, this lad growing up now into the disco age and can't stop, can't get enough. <laughs> Can you feel it? And, uh, and then, of course, the Thriller album. I, I sort of missed that. Although I was right into music, I missed the Thriller album, the phenomena. 49 million albums sold worldwide, the phenomena. And they asked the diehards, what is your best song? And it's the, it's the Thriller song, or, or Billie Jean, or Thriller, or that album, Thriller, uh, was an absolutely phenomenal. Creative genius. Creative genius, obviously. Everyone concedes that he was a creative genius. But he created his own world in stardom. He sucked himself back out of the normalcy of life, living a real life. And he became a superstar in the real sense. A superstar. Uh, probably the biggest superstar, really. Uh, even above the Beatles, almost. And so he really was living an, an extraordinary life of, uh, I guess, just this whirlwind of creative genius, but also this uh, neurotic, psychotic uh, lifestyle, paranoia and uh, fears and, uh, and eventually troubles, uh, the media coming after him and scandalizing him and brutalized by you know, the whole media and the courts and stuff. And I, I, I think he never recovered from that, which I couldn't believe he even made it through, uh, the last um, situation he went through. I, I don't believe, because the guy was absolutely in a heap, propped up by drugs, and so he did become a drug addict. And, um, and I'm getting somewhere with this because it affects us. It affects everyone. And I think... I think for me, I need to turn this around in your minds and use it for the glory of God because it's on the planet. This news is like a cloud over the planet. It's called pop culture. Pop culture is stuff that affects you, trends, fashions, mindsets that affect us. And this is affecting us even now, today. But we're going, to put it in, we're going to put it in perspective. And I'm going to do it very simply by this, by um, reiterating what salvation is. And what salvation is, is, I guess, being kept by grace in God. We are kept alive in grace in God. Do you know what I'm saying? We're alive now. By grace. Doesn't look Julie look great. She looked fantastic last night too. Give her a hand, everyone. Come on. We had a ball. We got dressed up and we were strutting our stuff through through uh, Sin City, I mean Star City, whatever it is. And um, we 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 really we were really swaggering around, just enjoying like the royal couple or the royal family we are, because we're royalty. You know, we're not called to 
sloth around and, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a beggar. You know, We're not beggars, we're royalty. We're, we're the king's kids. You know, and you can lift your head high. And, and this is the unfortunate thing with MJ. He tried to create his own royalty, even naming his sons Prince Michael and Prince Junior Michael. I don't know who these kids are, three kids, poor kids. Uh, but he tried... He's the king of pop. They said that he is the, the king of pop. So we've got, a, we've, got a, <laughs> we've got a whole ideology here of trying to create a kingdom uh, outside of God's kingdom. But Jesus, when he came, he said, the kingdom is at hand. <laughs> and I'm, I'm king. And you guys need to repent of every vain imagination, every idol, every, every philosophy... You, you just need to repent of that and you need to get back in your right mind to what God, who God is and who you are. And, and, and yes, you are royalty, but I'm king and this is the kingdom that has life. Outside of that is death. And if you don't subscribe to the kingship of Jesus and if you don't walk in the light of the kingdom, you're in darkness. And when you look at the life of MJ, he was in darkness, serious darkness. Yuri Geller said, and he's a phenomenon in a sense too, anyway, a good friend apparently, and he says he was so lonely, so sad. He was so lonely and so sad. So lonely, no one understood him. He couldn't relate to the world. He had fabricated by money an existence, a kingdom, a place which he is to hang out in and presume himself to be alive. It's a very dangerous place. but And so I want to talk about salvation. And we just might go through some scriptures this morning. Let's have a look at Colossians 1.9. And I'm not going to be too long this morning. Already. We went down to God in the city on... Friday night, that was fantastic. Pastor Phil Pringle was preaching down there, right in Darlinghurst, old stone building, one of the first stone church buildings in Darlinghurst. We were in there uh, worshipping God, and the place was filled, and it was fantastic. Tim Lowe, who is uh, pastor of that church, he is coming this, this coming Sunday to take up our pledges. Pastor Tim Lowe, isn't that great? I'm thinking about salvation with this news I've just told you about. And I'm thinking why we build the church because I've got to get round to why should I give my money to building a church? Uh, well, man, if MJ would have walked in here a couple of weeks ago last week, he could have got saved. We could have got him from the darkness into the light. And then he could have been, you know, been healed, redeemed out of darkness, out of lostness, out of loneliness into the magnificent kingdom of God. And that's why we provide a place, I guess, we provide an opportunity, as it says in Judges, where we, told, we spoke about those scriptures in, uh, I think it was in chapter 14, where, where Samson wanted a situation to happen, and the mother and father said, no, that, that, that can't be right. And God said himself, no, I need it to provide an opportunity for me to move. This church is here to provide an opportunity for God to move. We're here 
to create an opportunity. We've already done so much great stuff. We've blessed the coast. We've blessed people in hospitals. Because the Bible says the house is a house of prayer. Who's with me on that? You can make a noise this morning. We've prayed. We've exalted God. We've lifted Jesus up above this city, above this region, above every family. We've lifted Jesus up. Wasn't that a good thing to do? And we've, we've enthroned him with, the, with our praises. That's an excellent thing to do. We've honored him with our substance. We've honored him with our money. We've honored him and said, God, to you all the glory, to build your church, I give to you. And now we're saying we really need to be thoughtful and intentional about giving to the Rise and Build building program. And that's, that's exactly what we do. We provide opportunity for God to move. Colossians 1.9 says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with knowledge of his will. Through Man, I wish somehow MJ would have been filled with the knowledge of God's will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray that in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption through the blood of Christ. Do you believe that? So right there, there's some powerful teaching. Somehow we got downloaded with spiritual understanding, spiritual wisdom and understanding that Jesus Christ is Lord, that there is a kingdom, a kingdom of light as opposed to a kingdom of darkness as opposed to cursing and, and, and darkness, there is a kingdom of light. Who's with me on that? Ephesians 2.12 says, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. Separate from Christ. Unfortunately, MJ was separate from Christ, as far as I know. Exalted, uh, excluded, I should say, from citizenship that's what we're talking about, royalty there, citizenship in Israel and foreigners and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope. Do you know what it's like to have no hope? My goodness, I mean, it's, it's, it's a terrible place. People do, they've got uh, on the North Bridge down at North, um, uh, North Shore, uh, there's 10 men that have committed suicide this year off that bridge. Now they've got guards on either end of the bridge. Guards right now standing there, preserving, uh, protecting uh, people, especially men, because they've lost their jobs, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. He removes the veil of hostility. The blood of Christ cancels the sins from your life. The blood of Christ. Love that stuff. Ephesians 2.12 Without salvation, we would still be without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant. Let's say strangers from the church, strangers from the kingdom and the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world and having no hope 
and without God in the world. Who could stand being without God in this place, without God for one moment? Who could stand that? I couldn't. Let me throw some statements at you about salvation. It is God's grace, his kindness, and undeserved favor that reached to us even when we were his enemies. He saved us. Even when we're in rebellion, God was still reaching out to us. Isn't that great? Do you love that? He's still reaching out to your friends and family. Even though they're clowning around and doing stuff and uh, opposing him and turning their back on him, he's still reaching out. He's still reaching out. He's still reaching out. I love that stuff. It is his grace that covered our guilt with his righteousness. Who can confidently come before God? Who loves to just stand in the house of God and just throw your head back and, and know that your sins are covered? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You can stand in God. And, and, and this is the unfortunate thing for people in the world. They get shamed. Now, MJ was shamed by stuff that happened, by accusations. He was shamed. He could hardly even hold his head up uh, again. He couldn't, re- he couldn't present himself again to children. Did you notice? He couldn't present his, his gift of loving children back to those children. He couldn't do it. He was shamed. Love Jesus because he rids us of the guilt of shame. It is his grace that keeps us, for we were saved by grace through faith and kept us by grace. Kept us by grace, by faith. We are kept by grace, by faith. We are kept alive. You realize how we're kept alive when someone big dies. My goodness, because they're larger than life. You're supposed to be doing all these concerts in three, four weeks' time and and, uh, setting the world ablaze. This is it, he said. This is it. This is my return. No, this is it. This is your demise. The Lord requires your soul. And the Lord lets people... Nothing happens without God saying, yes, he can come away. So so God does that. Nothing happens by chance. God allows everything. It is his grace that keeps us. I love that. It is his grace which brings us to the foot of the cross. Unable to brag... Able simply to say that our best was as filthy rags. Um, All that great stuff, all the great albums, all the great dance, all the great stuff could be, as the Bible says, as filthy rags. You know what I'm saying? All that great stuff could be. I appreciate it. I'm sure you do too. But before God, whose justice system is very righteous, that could be almost just like Uh, works of the flesh. It is His grace that not only covers our failures, it transforms them uh, into distinctive points of power and ministry. Yeah, some of of us have got ministries because God has healed us in certain areas of our life, reformed us, redeemed us, and now we can minister out of that place. It is because of His grace that He gifts us, enables us to experience the joy of service. The delight of laboring with the Savior as he builds his church. Who loves serving the church? It was great to see the teams here on Thursday night. We had tea, coffee, but we had a great time of fellowship and encouraging the teams. Teams, church happens by a visionary leader, but then by good leaders, but then by teams and leaders contributing their, their time, their talent, their treasure to the house. And that's, this house would not be here without teams. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and, but in that, the Bible says, by grace, we should enjoy it. And if we're not enjoying it, there's something wrong. We're not, we're not 
appropriating the grace of God. You keep me, Lord. You keep me enjoying. You allow me to joy, even as I serve you, Lord. Uh, It is because of his grace that he puts resurrection power at our disposal, allowing us to preserve and prevail. I don't know how we got this far, but amazing we have. Amen. We've, We've been able to persevere and prevail and build this church you must be amazed seeing us where we're at now because you've seen us in one school hall and then in another one in the high school hall. Then you've, seen, you've been with us in the tent because you were one of our early pioneer builders. You were right there from the start almost. Wasn't she, Candace? I mean, she was right there as a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, part of the youth group, rocking for Jesus, revival and uh, chasing God down. You guys, you were a radical youth group back then. And now you're working for Channel 7. You're in your 20s, or middle, mid-20s, and you're working for Channel 7 at Epping and, and producing and stuff like that. And so, you know what I mean? It's by grace that we, that we are able to do all this stuff. It is because of His grace that He rewards us, even in our unworthiness. It is because of His grace that He indwells us, allowing us to experience the richness of His moment-by-moment fellowship with the Spirit of the Lord. Man, it is because of his grace that he is returning for us to transform us and allow us to experience the wonder of all he has prepared for us. John 5, 18, we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps him safe. Lord, you keep us safe and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Now, here it is, 1 John 5.21. Dear children, keep yourself from idols. Keep yourself from idols. I mean, we've just had the demise of the biggest idol on the planet. I mean, we appreciate him, we love him, but to be honest, people idolized, people were weeping, crying as he uh, proclaimed that he's coming back, going to do this concert. And grown men, my age, weep and cry. What is that? My God. If we bow our knee to idols of fame, fortune, power, sex, materialism, greed, we are compromised and in unsafe territory. This is what the Bible is very clear about. If we bend our knee, we end up in unsafe territory, a place God never intended us for to live, and a place where there's no grace, but where there's destruction and there's a high risk of anything happening. Who'd ever thought that day would have been the day last Friday for MJ's demise? Anything can happen when you're living in darkness. 1 John 1, 7, and I'm getting there. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And right there, there's a problem for people deceiving themselves. MJ deceived himself. He He could build his own kingdom and live in an existence in a vacuum Um, denying God, denying God's presence, denying His grace. 
and trying to create your own world as people try and do. They even build houses, beautiful houses. You see them. And to the nth degree. I watched one of that, that English show of where people... Who's seen the special, the, um, the English uh, documentary show about where they reclaim homes, uh, homes that need re- re- rejuvenating? Re- who watched that one last week where they bought a rundown stone building, uh, wooden rafters, and it was, it was gone for nothing. And man, they, they must have spent millions of dollars to restore this building. Um, and it's got stainless steel and this product and that product, and every, it's chrome-plated and it's got the highest degree of quality I've ever seen in a building. And, and, and this, this precious couple, you could see that this was their world now as the place was finished. And they were, it took years to build, by the way. And now they, they were taking the, the guy, uh, the commentator, through. He said, yeah, this is how we exactly wanted it. This beam here, this steel, this, 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 that measurement, this, that. Everything was created to the exactness of their imagination and their liking. I mean, I believe in, I've built my own home, I believe in building great stuff, but this was just totally overboard. This was, this was totally, you know, what was it? An idol. Uh, this was an idol. This house now was an idol. This, we wanted this, that, that must have, that. we spent thousands for that uh, angle and for this and that. And well, my God, this is over the top. And, and you can see how people, even in their own homes, try and create an existence outside. And I think, I think it's a quest almost of human nature of people to build a little bit of heaven on earth. I actually see that people who build these perfect houses and, and they're almost like monuments of, of luxury and comfort. And, and you can see people trying to create their own world. Did can you buy into that? Uh, you know, and, and there's, there's this thing about people trying to create heaven on earth, trying to create an existence on earth. And you can't. You can't. You've got you to bring your life into the light to create heaven around your life. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our life. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Thank you, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for us, for ours, but also for the sins of the world. This is for everyone. Salvation is for everyone. And it was for MJ, and it's for all his friends, and it's for the whole world who now is grieving about this this, uh, situation. Psalm 36, verse 9. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, in your light, as we face the light, as we turn from idols, as we turn from idols, and they can be anything. They can be money. They can be even your own children. My children were an idol in my life. My children were so precious, so beautiful. I was so, and Julie will tell you, we were so enamored with having a family 
because we'd lived a lot of life outside of that precious stuff. But when we had children, started to have children, we, we created, we started to lift them up in our own hearts and lift them up. And we had to come to a place where we had to say, no, God, you, you are high and lifted up. Do you know what I mean? And we're called to love our kids, my God. We're called to, but everything has a priority and everything has a place. And when you begin to lift up, you can even lift up anything. Take your, you know, some people lift up sex. Some people lift up homes. Some people lift up careers. Some people lift up sports. Australia's good for that, aren't they? They lift up sports. What do they call this thing on Wednesday night? The Oregon. The Oregon. The Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what it is. I know we can't have a meeting on that night. I know that. We tried. We can't. Oh, I can't make it. My mum died. Oh, okay. Sure. I can't make it. Uh, the car blew up. Oh, all right. Yeah, strange. All on this night. Yeah, oh, just a bad night. And then we hear they're all around Andrew's place watching it, you know. Psalm 27. Confidence in the Lord. And this is my ode to MJ and anyone like him. It's a, it's, it's, it goes like this, and it's in Psalm 27 from the, from the start, from verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Do you know he was so fearful? He was a hypochondriac. He was, so, he was, so, <laughs> he was such a hypochondriac that he was on so many drugs of, of being fearful of pain, apparently. Being fearful of being sick hated pain give me this give me that give me that he weighed 45 kilos when he died did you know that 45 kilos he had he had he had um, cracks in his spine from rehearsing in the last few months cracks in other bones he was so he was so uh, determined to do this concert that he just took himself to the nth degree and and really And so this, this, this prayer, this, this psalm is about people that, and us that need God. And it's a prayer of having confidence of his presence around us. I believe MJ needed the presence of God around him. I believe everyone needs the presence of God around them. They don't need religion. They don't need to come to a meeting. They need to come into the presence. And that's what this psalm's about. From the top, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh. And you actually saw that with the court cases and even the Sony Corporation apparently and other bigwigs really took advantage of him. When they devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. And this is a prayer now. This verse 4 is actually a prayer. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This is talking about the presence, of course. I want to dwell in His presence. 
I want to dwell in your presence. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. And here's the second prayer. That's one prayer. Now from verse 7 is the second prayer. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Hear my voice. Only if MJ would have called out like this and said, Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn. Do you know what it's like when you feel God's hiding his face from you? When your friends have hidden their face from you? When every friend that you, you could have or ever have? when you Who's ever been that lonely? I mean, my God. That, that is, a, that is a, a pitiful place. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me. Though my father and mother. Some of us have been rejected by our mothers and fathers, including the person I'm talking about. Though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. There is a straight path. It's towards the light. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. And this is the statement of confidence as a response to those prayers. Psalm 27 verse 13 I am still confident of this I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living wait for the Lord wait for the Lord pray to the Lord come to church to the Lord begin to seek God seek his face be strong and take heart and wait and wait for the Lord and that is our quest as a church, to teach people that. To teach people they don't have to be lonely. To teach people they don't have to be... Um, help me, Jules. Separated. Separated. Isolated. People become isolated. Pushing God away. Pushing God away. Pushing people away. Pushing people away. Pushing friends away pushing family away and they become isolated in this place of darkness and that's the saddest day that's the saddest day for anyone no matter how much money how much success how big they are how they worship that is the saddest day for a human being and we have a desire we have a quest to reach out to people to give them hope to give them faith to give them light and love, to give them comfort, to give them confidence of the presence of God. We have a desire. We are willing to spend ourselves on this behalf.